Hey guys, it's Ken. Hey, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Dynamic Duel Podcast as they are our sponsors for this podcast. Uh, without them, we definitely wouldn't be here, so we want to give a great thanks and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to Max Destruction. I am Ken, and that is... Dustin, what's up? Hey, man, he's back, he's back, by popular demand. And by popular demand, I mean I demanded it, and he showed up. So the, <laughs> the, what do you want from a co-star, right? Uh, so you know, we had so much fun after the last week's episode that we figured we'd go ahead and roll into this next one. Uh, I know I personally am very excited about it. Uh, Eric Draven, the Crow versus Dean Winchester uh, from Supernatural fame. Uh, I've seen the Crow probably 30,000 times, uh, and I actually just finished the very first uh, watching of Supernatural. Dustin, if you, uh, I'm assuming you've seen the Crow, but have you seen Supernatural? Yeah, so I have seen Supernatural all the way up until after Dean gets out of Purgatory, and then I kind of dropped off after that. But yeah, I have watched a lot of it. I flip and love it. And my favorite, my dream classic car is a 67 Chevy Impala straight black with a hard top roof, all because of that show. Yeah, baby is legit. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we start breaking them down by uh, the coconut oil. Uh, but uh, definitely Supernatural falls into that that line of shows that there's probably an endpoint somewhere in the middle there that they were going with. And then I think uh, somebody backed a Brinks truck, that being the CW, uh, up to Eric Kripke's spot. And he's like, you know, uh, I think I'll keep going with this. Um, but uh, like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, for those of you that are new to our podcast, welcome, especially if you're coming from the Dynamic Duel. Uh, you'll notice that our format follows uh, around the same line of thinking as the Dynamic Duel guys, uh, in that, that we take these two characters from cinematic history and television history, uh, and we throw them at each other like action figures in a sandbox, except we're using the Monte Carlo simulation that was made uh, famous by the Deadliest Warrior TV show, and now more recently, the Dynamic Duel guys. Uh, so instead of us throwing rubber pieces at each other, we're going to fight it out uh, amongst ourselves and then let the computers do the talking at the end. Um, with all that being said, we'll move into the comment of the week. Now, normally, this is when we would talk about the comment of the week left by you guys, our audience, uh, either on social media, uh, our email at maxdestructionpodcast at gmail.com, uh, or however you're getting your podcasts via Apple, Spotify, Stitch, uh, but because we haven't gotten there far yet, we're going to go ahead and call it here. Uh, but keep on keeping on and uh, leave us something to talk about. Thanks. All right. So with that, I think, Dustin, we should roll into what the people were actually here for to listen to you break down your character using the tale of the coconut oil. 
right. Uh, so this is going for win number two. So uh, let's drop right into the crow. His name is Eric Draven. The actor is Brandon Lee movie, The Crow. During the filming of this movie, he came in at five foot eleven, and I'm gonna say a strong 160 pounds. At least I hope it was. His rank, um, I'm going with undead supernatural musician and seeker of revenge, because uh, yeah, that sounds about right. So let's get into his bio. So on. The night before Halloween, known as Devil's Night, Eric Draven was murdered alongside his fiancée. They were set to be wed the very next day. Now, of course, super sad. Um, Devil's Night was called the... It was it got that name because it was a night where um, they started doing these like mass arsons throughout the city. These like criminal groups. And it was just a night of total anarchy. So then one year later, on the anniversary of Eric's death, he crawls out of the grave looking like, you know, fresh. Looked like he just took a shower, like he wasn't, you know, decomposing at all, which is a little weird in my opinion. But, you know, it works. It works. But he had new abilities. He had new powers. He had this craziness to him that I'm going to say Dean hasn't witnessed before. You know, like I know he's seen supernatural, but this is. This is another level, okay? So he has, he got these powers, comes out of the grave, and, you know, he has these flashbacks of what happened that night before, and he doesn't know what's going on. And then as soon as he remembers that dreadful night and he remembers his fiance's death, he goes what I think most people would do and goes on a uh, night filled with revenge and blood and death and everything in between. So during the course of the movie, he takes he's seen taking down whole rooms of enemy getting shot multiple times healing almost within seconds and this is my favorite part about him is he mocks him usually like he usually lets somebody get that first shot and then he just smiles at them watches the whole close up and then just slowly walks towards them all creepy like um he also has this habit of the people that he is going for revenge against, like the ones that actually were involved in his and his fiance's death. He likes to kill them with their favorite, like weapon of choice or like their hobby or whatever, what have you. So when he fights a guy named Ten Ten who loves knives, you see Ten Ten being carried out, carried out of the alley by a bunch of cops with like 10 knives stuck in his chest. When he goes and messes with a guy named Fun Boy, who's a drug addict, you see him with four or five needles stuck in him, which I'm going to go ahead and just guess that it was heroin, probably in those needles, it's drugs, whatever, dies of overdose. And then you got T-Bird, who loves his car, and he's like kind of like the leader of this little ragtag group. The crow surprises him in the dude's own car, duct tapes him to everything, puts the gas on and flipping lights some fire in the back of his car and launches him over the river, watches the car just freaking explode into nothing. And then, you know, he, I can't remember how he kills the last member. It was just kind of like a quick, like fast death because the main villain of the story, top dollar was kind of coming after Eric because he saw him as ruining his plan of night of anarchy and arson and what have you. So that's where he set up a trap for him to come in 
and he has the last remaining guy that he needs to kill in a room full of men with machine guns. And they're mocking him. They start shooting him. He drops to the ground. And he's like, oh, over. That's when the crow starts killing people from underneath the table, jumps up, takes out the entire room. Not a problem. Easy. So I will say he does have one weakness to his healing factor, and that is the crow. If the crow takes damage, he loses his ability to heal. But that took the top dollar's creepy sister thing, uh, noticing it to tell him. So, you know, whatever. Now we'll get into the abilities and equipment that Dean will not be able to handle. He has the greatly increased healing ability. He can take an insane amount of damage from gunfire, knives, and fire, and whatever, and be fine within seconds. His only weakness is that trusty crow companion. If it gets hurt, then he can get hurt. He has increased stamina and agility. Appears to have a slightly increased strength as well, because he like throws men across a room single-handedly. No problem. As for equipment, um, this one was hard for me to nail down. He has his guitar. I'm going to say he, he has his guitar because why not? And he stole a 44 Magnum revolver off of one of the dead guys near the beginning. And he had that for half the movie. Otherwise, he's usually seen picking up the weapons of whoever he's fighting and using them against them. So that is the crow or Eric Draven. So uh, because you and I are kind of in the same vein that we love movies and, and the, these characters, uh, we, we do a coin flip in the previous week in order to figure out who's going to be who. And the reason why we do this is really this episode, right? Uh, either of us could have taken either of these characters and been completely fine with, uh, you know, fighting them against one another uh, because I, I, they're, they're badass. And I'll, I'll say that from the outset, uh, the fact that it was Brandon Lee, uh, the son of Bruce Lee, you know, you say a strong 160. Yeah, dude was was trained from birth, basically, to oh, yeah. be touched from, from, from martial arts, right? Um, however, what I will say is that there's a couple of times during your bio that you said that Dean wouldn't be able to handle it or he hasn't hurt, handled it. Dean has literally fought God and the devil on multiple <laughs> occasions. So I feel like he might be able to handle this, but yeah, see how it goes. But first, let me go ahead and break him down. Uh, so Dean Winchester, uh, he's played by Jensen Eccles. Uh, the show, of course, is Supernatural starting in 2005. Uh, his height, 6'1", he's definitely fluctuating with age, as you can imagine, from 2005 till 2016, I think is when the show finally stopped being produced. Uh, but now it's on Netflix and, you know, every day from like 6 to 11 on TNT uh, is, you know, repeated. Um, so he is a demon hunter. Uh, he's also the man of letters. And I'm going to say a classic rock super fan. Uh, that is his rank. Uh, so Dean Winchester is, is a full blood human. Uh, that's how we started out as anyway. And then, you know, as the seasons, you know, continued on uh they definitely started to jump the shark with the amount of stuff that they pumped into this dude um he is a man of letters uh, as well as his younger brother sam uh I, I like to say i am definitely more the dean of the the two except i have got the height of sam uh 
but yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. But it'll definitely come out in the in the simulation. So he and his uh, brother are members of the Winchester and Campbell family. So if you were to take the two greatest families of demon hunters in all of the world and make babies, that's Sam and Dean. Uh, he is the destined vessel of the Archangel Michael. So a, a little bit of a tangent in the show, especially I think around season three or four, uh, they decided to start saying demons and angels needed vessels in order to walk the earth. Uh, and those of the higher orders of demons and angels required a specialized vessel. So Dean is the vessel of the mother effing archangel Michael. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how zombie boy in the makeup goes after this. Uh, he and Sam are also the surrogate sons of the late Bobby Singer. Uh, Dean is best friends with the angel Castiel. He's a close friend with the late prophet Kevin. Uh, and reluctant ally, uh, uh, ally of the at-sometimes king of hell, Crowley. Uh, Dean and Sam were raised in the hunting life by their father. Uh, after the demon Azazel killed their mother, Dean's main role in the series is being the self-appointed guardian of Sam and often going to extreme lengths to protect him regardless of the personal cost. Often in these occurrences, Dean finds himself in the center of a much larger picture. When he was killed by Metatron, the angel responsible for scribing every word ever uttered by God and or Chuck, uh, as he's affectionately known in Supernatural, uh, he was actually gifted uh, the mark of Cain by the literal Cain. Uh, he fought against Metatron, was able to stop the threat, but he was ultimately killed. Uh, but just like in any comic book, it doesn't last for very long. Uh, so Dean returns as a demon and a knight of hell, loyal only to himself. Uh, he was cured then by his brother using purified blood. Uh, it's definitely the the uh, deus ex machina of the series. It's always the brothers saving each other, right? Uh, eventually the mark was removed, as well as the demon purged. Uh, but the price was that he had to release the original darkness, who was the sister of God. Uh, Dean tried to avoid it, but he, he, he did it in order to get rid of uh, the mark. Dean and his brother soon met God, and he tend to help to put an end to the danger of the world. During this time, Dean got through to God, but not sacrificing himself in the darkness about not destroying all of reality helped them to reconcile. Dean enjoys the uncomplicated things in life, such as good food and television. He almost constantly displays some level of humorous behavior and frequently makes light of tense situations. He sometimes appears foolish due to this habit, and this seems to be merely his means of dealing with the stress of hunting. Dean is an avid fan of classic rock music to the pinnacle of Kansas. Uh, many of his aliases include the names of famous rock musicians. He's also known to use crude humor, use pop culture references, make sexual innuendos, and to indulge in pornography, especially about busty Asian beauties. He's even stated once that he does enjoy anime and Japanese animated porn, i.e. hentai. So his abilities and equipment. Dean was, has honed his body uh, to like peak physical conditioning, which is extremely remarkable considering his diet typically is bacon cheeseburgers, apple pie, and beer. Uh, he's learned from the greatest hunters in the world, including his father, John Winchester, his mother, Wh Mary Winchester, adopted father, Bobby Singer. Uh, he's also been taught and fought against and with angels such as the archangels, Michael and Gabriel and Castiel, uh, and also the demons, Crowley, Cain, Lucifer, and 
ultimately got himself. Uh, Dean's equipment stems from what you've already brought up, which is that beautiful 1967 Impala nicknamed Baby. All of his hunting gear can be found in the trunk to include dead man's blood, which is what he uses against vampires, stakes, grenade launchers, shotguns with holy salt, holy water, and assorted amount of guns. Uh, but Dean's main handgun, which is what he'll likely be using as well as knives, uh, is the Colt uh, M1911A1 with engraved slide and ivory grips. Uh, it's at 45 caliber ACP, uh, standard seven-round magazine. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, it's one of my favorite guns. It's definitely something that I carry. Uh, and that is Dean. So, again, when you're talking about a character who's literally fought God, the devil, and literally everything in between, I don't think somebody that can heal, wears makeup, and rocks around with a bird, even if he is a good guitarist has any chance against him, uh, especially considering we're talking about peak 1990s guitar, so grunge. I mean, we really could have just said it's happening in current Seattle. Yeah, okay, so, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. I am a huge Dean fan, but I'm the type of person, whenever I am given a side to rep, I am going to give it 100%, and I'm going to say that my side wins no matter what. And I'm going to argue you to the death on that fact. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, I think that's perfect. Cause if you didn't, this would not be a very fun podcast as much as I love listening to myself speak. Uh, this is definitely got to be a two on, you know, a guy against guy thing, Dustin. So I think we're working out pretty well. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to mention is I think we're going to add in a piece to our podcast, which is going to be the amount of our characters that have suffered some familial death at this point. Yep, that's everybody so far yep. that has suffered some kind of familial death. It is the plot device that's moving all of our characters forward, and I feel like it just wouldn't even be a thing without it. Uh, so moving into our simulated match, uh, again, it, this is just something that we're going to do for fun uh, so that you guys can listen to us take one of the 1,000 simulated matches that are put into the Monte Carlo simulation, which really is just one of 10 variables that we glean, uh, putting them up against each other and things like strength, perception, versatility, and most important for this podcast, humor. Uh, then we put them in a uh, randomized number generator that takes the normal distribution, i.e. a bell curve, and of 1,000 matches, and it tells us, in the end, who would win in this fight? Uh, because, as you can tell, we're both very passionate about these characters, so we'd probably argue until the cows come home. Uh, and I got something to do after this. It's it's a whole thing. I'm not even going to bore you with it. But before we get into the simulated match, so normally with Dynamic Duel, they say it's a non-environment. We don't want anybody using that. No, screw that. I think because both of these guys are very, very used to old churches, that would probably be like the coolest thing for these two to get into a fight with. But Dean Winchester doesn't just walk into a church. Dean Winchester is going to roll up to a church because he heard from somebody. I don't know. We'll go with he's on the phone with Bobby Singer, who said, hey, man, there's something going on, you idiot. At this church, you need to go find out. So he's rolling up in his Impala, and there's this weird van, like green. It's got flowers all over the sides. And Dean recognizes this from 
yeah, some weird thing that it was like cartoons. Uh, and he says, man, this is like haunted, haunted. If that van and me are showing up, this is not good. Uh, so he's going to go back into the back of baby. He's going to open up the, the trunk and he's going to pull out his trusty 1911 and his demon knife because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Uh, and he's going to walk in to this church, opening it up, not really even checking to see what's going on uh, while humming Carry On My Wayward Son. So as he's walking into this church, he's going to be hearing some grungy guitar riffs as you put put the guitar. And he's just going to see Eric Draven just sitting in the corner up on the altar, just slowly playing. And then the crow is going to fly off and up into the rafters. So as Dean walks in and sees this, he's going to shout, Hey man, didn't I see you playing with Ted Nugent in like the early 2000s? I love Kiss, but you guys really should have retired a long, long time ago. Uh, what the hell are you as he walks up? So at this point, I'm going to say uh, the crow, as his normal creepy self, is just going to stand up and keep strumming that guitar slowly walking towards Dean and just smiling like a flipping creepy clown. God, I hate mimes. Dean pulls out his 1911 and he puts four rounds straight into this crazy clown-like dude's chest just to stop him from playing because if there's one thing Dean hates it's Nirvana and bad music alright and then that is when Eric's going to take all shots because let's face it that's what he does he's going to drop to the ground and when Dean thinks he is like alright fine you know game over that was that was easy he's going to turn back and the crow's going to be gone. He's going to turn back again. And he's going to be right in his face. And he's going to grab him and throw him over, we'll say, the pews. So crashing into the pews, Dean's going to grimace, thinking to himself, oh, God, what have I gotten myself into? But can't can't show that. So he's going to shout as he's, as he's standing back up. Hey, man, I liked you better when you were rocking like the neon and the short haircut. Didn't you fight Hulk Hogan in a previous life? Okay, and that is when the crow's going to just come and swing his guitar right at Dean's face. Dean's going to dodge this because he knew that this dude is it was going to take a swing. Because that's what he would do if he were to dare besmirch the wonderful WCW at that time. So Dean's going to dodge out of the way and he's going to shove his knife straight into his chest. Okay, that's when the crow's going to look down, grab the knife right out of his chest, and stab Dean in the shoulder with it. Reeling back, Dean's going to be like, oh, Jesus, what the hell? Normally that puts down anybody from hell. Man, are you an angel? What the hell's going on? As he's, like, falling backwards, skirting back, he's going to go to pull the knife out. Okay, and that's when the crow's going to disappear again, come up from the side, and then shove him into some more pews. He's just gonna he's just gonna be taunting Dean at this point. So Dean falls back against the pews again. He's gonna pull out his nineteen eleven after he yanks the knife out of his shoulder. And he's going to, you know, aim and make it look like he can barely stand on his feet. And he's gonna fire twice. One's gonna hit the 
the, the, the crazy maniacal clown in the shoulder. And one round's going to go over his shoulder and just barely wing that flying rodent that's beside him. Okay, and this is where things get interesting because he's not going to heal as fast now. I mean, if you just winged the crow, I don't think he, it's going to fully stop his healing factor, but it's going to slow him down. He's he's going to feel that shot, and he's going to be like, what the crap? His blood's not, not stopping. He, he's confused now, and now he is going to go on the defensive and pull out that forty-four Magnum he stole and fire at Dean. Dean's going to barely just get out of the way, but he's definitely going to take notice of the fact that it seems like him missing and hitting that weird bird that that's affected the the guy in some way, shape or form. The amount of years that this guy has been hunting, he knows that there's always a weakness. Uh, he's just got to exploit it. Uh, so he is going to fall back and start like low crawling, getting around in the pews, trying to stay as quiet as he can so he can get a bead on that bird. Okay. So the crow and that bird, they have a, connection and he sees through the eyes of the bird so he's going to be seeing Dean crawling around and know where he's at so he's going to keep firing at the pews right in Dean's direction so as that firing is getting closer he hears click because unlike other action films we do play the rules of 44 mags only got six rounds so once he hears that click he's going to roll out of the way he's still got one round left in his 1911 he's going to fire and he's going to shoot that bird down okay okay so at this point the crow knows he's in trouble because the bird was his connection to the living world um i say he's going to close that gap and try to end this much much sooner and he's going to just throw Dean over the pews again, try to grab a broken piece of something to stab him with. So as he takes another hit, and definitely he's got to crush his ribs or something, uh, he's going to notice the guitar. Uh, so as this guy is stalking him, about to raise that pew with the kill, Dean's going to smash the guitar across his face, hopefully just taking his face clean off. Dustin, I think that's a good place to stop. So either Dean brains this dude with his own guitar, uh, or he takes a pew to the chest. Uh, if we were to take these two guys, obviously, uh, we'd like to talk about you know the the thematic roles of these two, uh, humor wise, uh, and just their normal abilities. Uh, but if we were to take this fight out of this church and say, put it in the middle of downtown New York city, uh, what kind of collateral damage do you think would happen, uh, just with these two fighting? So I think that strongly depends on what Dean brings into the fight. So if, if we're talking about exactly the weapons that we came in with, I'm going to say like like on your scale, probably about a two. But I know Dean has some heavy firearms and probably some explosives as well. So I think it could get up to like a three. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think probably on the scale of one to five, that definitely sits a two. Uh, if for no other reason, as the, the crow doesn't duck. 
Uh, he's just going to try to tank everything that comes at him. Unfortunately for him, uh, physics does apply. So any rounds going at him are likely going to go through him and into something or somebody else around. Uh, so I do think that that's a, a pretty solid pick for that. Uh, again, when we're talking about collateral damage, the reason why we do it is because that very reason physics occurs uh and you know action movies are great because of the fights uh, but no one really talks about what would happen to that delicatessen you know owner who's watching a dude in a jean jacket get thrown through a plate glass window right that would kind of piss him off uh so we like to take a little uh realism and try to inject it um that was an excellent uh simulation i think it was it was fun to to really kind of think of like what these two would do especially when you take into account that they don't know each other um and if you don't know what that person's capable of in the show of course you know dean would end up getting thrown through a wall and then he'd be able to go crawling back to sam and you know do some research and figure out what's what and then he'd have to you know come back the next episode and fight him uh but if it just mono a mono these two don't know anything about each other Bullshit luck would definitely uh, play a factor, um, but I think it, it was a great a great way to roll. Uh, with all that being said, we'll go ahead and tabulate the results. Uh, Dustin, who do you think won this match according to our simulator? Uh, so this was hard because I think Dean definitely has the better intelligence being that hunter and everything, but I'm, I'm still sticking with the crow. I mean, he has that crazy high durability. He has that little bit... St- stronger strength and just that overall mind creepiness that I think is going to put him over the top. Okay. So according to our simulator in a thousand matches, the winner of this week's fight in max destruction is the crow, Eric Draven. Uh, that's two for two, Dustin, uh, Eric Draven won 64.2% of the matches. So 642 matches out of a thousand with Dean only winning 358. Uh, and as you said, that the main thing is the durability part, right? So if Dean does not know to take out the crow first, he's not going to be able to kill this guy. Um, and among other things, uh, just a simple fact of they didn't really touch on it in the, in the movie, but Brandon Lee's fighting skill just the simple fact that he's brandon lee uh, puts him definitely uh, above and beyond if for no other reason that he may not have enhanced strength but he could punch you as hard as possible not worrying about breaking anything because it would just heal right uh so unfortunate for me uh but i'm not sad to see that the crow would win that uh but just for posterity purposes i'm keeping the impala just, just so you know, I'm the king. Oh, but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, probably before we go, we got to go ahead and get ready for our next uh, matchup, Dustin. Uh, next week is going to be the Battle of the Spies. So it's going to be Jason Bourne versus uh, James Bond. So CIA versus MI6. Matt Damon versus six or seven different British actors and it doesn't really matter. Uh, we're going to take the, the, the best of the both. Uh, so just like we did last week's episode, uh, we're going to figure it out via coin flip. Uh, but instead of doing one character's heads, one character's tails, I'm going to let you call it in the air heads or tails. And then you get to pick who, who you want to be if you win. Got it. So yeah, sounds great. Two, three tails. It is heads. 
Okay. So Ken will be taking Jason Bourne. Ooh, Matt okay. Damon himself. Why? Matt Damon. Exactly. Because I'm an American, and even though you know James Bond's been around long enough, uh, we beat the shit out of the Brits and kicked them out. So if for no other reason, we have to win this. Uh, so with all that being said, Dustin, another hell of an episode. Uh, I'm really glad to have gotten this one in, uh, and I can't wait to see you next week. You got anything else you want to put out before we close this out? Yeah, I would just like to uh, thank my mother and my fans for this honorable second win in a row. Um, I'm on a winning streak, hot streak. Here we go. Three for three coming up soon. Um, you know, I'm a little bummed. I love the Bourne series, but Skyfall is one of my favorite movies. So I will take 007 and take win number three next week. It's going to happen, folks. You heard it right here, right now. Yeah, well, I'll let you keep holding on to that little bit of hope that these two wins mean anything, uh, because in the end, you are replaceable, my friend. Uh, So if you just get up too high, we'll go ahead and just close you out. Uh, Just kidding. I think Dustin and I are going to be sticking around for this, uh, if for no other reason that I finally found somebody else that cares as much about grunge makeup zombie guys as much as i do uh so without anything else to say uh we hope to catch you next week definitely the comment or an email at max destruction podcast at gmail.com uh, we read all of them and we will pick our favorite to read at the beginning of next episode so for dustin and myself see you next week see you